listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. And it is time for the Classic Car Show. We're just missing a couple of people like we were last week, but we've filled in with museums. Uh, we have antiques that are in here, uh, Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber, that probably should be mounted and put in a museum somewhere, but uh, they're out goofing off um, taking care of business this weekend. So we decided we'd just continue doing what we do best, and that's interviewing museums from across the country. It's been uh, very interesting, and there are a lot of folks that uh, – Unfortunately, don't know that there are automobile museums uh, in different cities, and a lot of times uh, they'll go for vacations, and they'll only be 20 miles away from a fantastic afternoon or morning touring an automobile museum. Today, we're very fortunate to have uh, a brand new museum. This was just sort of a you know, the old saying about even a blind uh, pig can find an acorn or whatever it was. I was just doing some research and found that there's a brand new, and and I'm hoping this is either the first or second time they've even been interviewed on, on radio, but there's a brand new automobile museum in Kansas City, and we are very fortunate to have the executive director of the museum, Mr. Earl Trout, is on the line with us, and he's going to tell us all about about his newborn baby there in Kansas City. Good morning, Earl. How are you doing? Good morning, David. I'm doing great. Am I, am I one of those antiques you were talking about? Oh, oh no, no. It just uh, it, it, we, we're part of uh, the old, uh, I would say it, but the club here in uh, Atlanta, and uh, we're all uh, we're we have boomed past the baby boomers, I guess. Uh, no, we're we're uh, we're uh, we're in our. Uh, Twilight years. We're we're all suffering from extreme maturity. So anyway, no, no, you're you're not uh, you're not one of those that's destined. You are in the museum though every day. Uh, indeed, it's uh, it's it's been a wonderful adventure. About uh, about two and a half years in the making. We finally opened the doors uh, a week ago yesterday, Friday. Uh, what was that? The ninth, I think. So we're all very, very excited. It's uh, been a lot of work for two and a half years and uh, a lot of volunteers and thousands of hours, and uh, here we are. Well, uh, let me ask, how did you get involved with it? Have you always been an uh, uh, automobile lover or, you know? Yeah, I, I have that uh, genetic anomaly. I think <laughs> I was born with it. Uh, I... I I recognized the fact that I was a car freak at about age four, and uh, it, it grew from there. The, the more I learned, the more I read, the more I loved automobiles, and I have no idea why, but I like I like the history. I like like the rolling sculpture. I like the engineering. Uh, it just to me, it's just fascinating, and I I subscribe to magazines and read the books, and I've been doing it my entire life. Well, just for curiosity's sake, was your father into uh, cars? No, not really, although his first new car uh, was a 1957 Plymouth, which, of course, from that moment on, I was hooked on 1957 Plymouths. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, you know, this is part, and, and you and I had discussed this uh, 
a couple of days ago. But that, this is why we do the show, one of the reasons. And, and the other reason is that we like uh, the input from uh, car buffs all across the country. And fortunately, Steve Ronaldo uh, is is nationally known, being on the AACA board, and, and he's a certified judge and does all these things. But uh, when Steve and I started this, uh, or started the, the this show particularly, um, we talked about the fact that, and, and it's gotten worse, it hadn't gotten better, and that's the fact that kids really don't appreciate the automobile, and uh, heaven forbid they should be out under a shade tree working on it or in their garage working on their cars. It's not to say all kids aren't like that, but I think from what you've said, you and Steve and, and Jim Weber and I, we all grew up uh, eagerly anticipating that driver's license, uh, being able to buy our first car or get our first car and be able to work on it and Golly, what makes that yep. thing run, you know? Yeah. And and today our kids uh, are missing that, and that's why we feel that uh, museums and what you're doing is just so vital because uh, the automobile, people can point and laugh and do whatever they want, but it is a huge, huge part of American history. Absolutely, and 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 we uh, we I speak on behalf of the uh, the board of directors and and the staff and all of our volunteers. We feel the same way you do. Uh, we we want to maintain the the interest and and get the youth involved. And uh, we have a lot of plans for that in the future, including our own restoration shop uh, where we have hands-on experience and training. And and we want to pass on this love of our automotive history in this country to uh, the next generation and those beyond. Well, we agree yeah. completely. Okay, now you just pulled one on me. You all are going to have your own restoration shop? That is the plan. The wow. museum we have, yeah, the museum we've just opened, uh, we consider the interim museum. It's it's nowhere near, it's, it's, it's really good, it's really fun, it's uh, world-class in appearance, but we don't have the budget to do all the things that are in our uh, collective corporate dreams, if you will. And uh, we figure two years, three years down the road, we will have the full-scale museum, which is going to include a restoration shop. That is just absolutely uh, fantastic. Are people, uh, I've got to talk about that. You opened the bag of worms, so I'm going to crawl in them. Um, with the restoration shop, there's only, what, uh, four, three, four universities that teach uh, restoration, and one being in Kansas, correct? Yeah, McPherson College. That's the only one I know of. They offer a, uh, a degree in that. So I, and one would one have our, to uh, think that you all are uh, sort of uh, joined at the hip at this point. Not yet, but, but we know some of the people there, and uh, one of our uh, volunteer docents is a graduate of McPherson, and he feels the same way the rest of us do. And uh, actually, one of our dreams is to perhaps sometime in the future become a uh, like a, a satellite campus of McPherson College. They don't know that yet, but that's part of our goal. <laughs> well, you, do, you just let the secret out of the bag. Uh, there well, you okay, go. so you're going to have this, and, and I, I want to get to the rest of the museum, but, but now I'm, I'm just totally fascinated. Are you going to have it where people taking a tour of the museum can look in the shop as, as the uh, folks are, are restoring a car? 
my goodness, are you are you psychic? Have you seen our uh, concept renderings? Well, <laughs> yes, well, exactly. We've got concept renderings that show people walking through the hallway outside of the restoration shop, looking through the plate glass windows at uh, people doing work and and, and learning. And uh, another rendering shows people in the gift shop, and there's another plate glass window that connects to the restoration shop. So that's all part of our plan. Well, I'm here to tell you, Earl, uh, NSA has nothing on America's web radio. We we are everywhere. We have our cameras everywhere, and and uh, we want to be invited uh, when the restoration shop is open. We want to be invited to be the first station there on hand and, we'll and do, it. do something with it. Okay, let's let's get back to I. That's I love that. I you have made my day, brother. That oh, that good. is that good. is just super. That's the way every museum and people that care about the hobby, the industry, whatever you want to call it. That's the way it should work. Okay, so a seat now. It does the city of Kansas City own the uh, automobile museum? Uh, no, it is a. Uh, we are a five hundred one c three not for profit charitable corporation. Everything was put together by a group of volunteers who, as I said at the outset, have been working on this for uh, about two and a half years with no money, and that. Uh, Nobody owns it except the uh, non-profit corporation. Now, how did they, you know, that had to be like herding uh, cats or something. How did these folks all come together and decide, let's build a museum? Well, that started, it was spring of 2011. Uh, some uh, friends got together for, uh, for a beer or two after work. And they were all kind of car guys, and uh, they started bemoaning the fact that Kansas City is the largest city in the United States without a public automotive museum, which is remarkable. We are market uh, number 29, uh, over 2 million population, and there is not a public automotive museum in Kansas City. But there are, well, there is now, but at that time there wasn't, and uh, you had to drive at least four hours to, to go to an auto museum. They Another beer went by, and they decided, "Well, well let's fix that. We'll uh, we'll create an auto museum." And the the good news is they were all very uh, very avid enthusiasts. Uh, the bad news is they were all attorneys. <laughs> but uh, that, I won't hold that against them. They're nice guys. But uh, they incorporated as a not for profit. They uh, joined the National Association of Automobile Museums and uh, started uh, a, a board of uh, directors, all volunteers, with a, a cross-section of people, meaning non-attorneys. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. I've been to every board meeting except one in the last two and a half years, and it's been quite an adventure, i got to tell you. Well, well, now, how did they find Earl Trout? Uh, well, that's, that's a story unto itself. I, I actually am an old time a uh, rock and roll disc jockey from Los Angeles and a uh, museum, uh, not a museum, a media executive and a broadcasting executive. And uh, my wife and I had decided that when our youngest went away to college, we were going to move to Kansas City. What? Well, that's because this is where the grandkids live. So we did. And uh-huh. uh, the, the president of the board of directors of the museum was at the time the coach of uh, my grandson's uh, basketball team and baseball team. We got to know each other, found out what was going on. I 
volunteer to get involved, and here we are. That is a fantastic story, you know, and, and it always seems like the best works out when it's a situation like this, when it, when it is volunteers and when it's uh, people that have a common love and uh, go into it with the right attitude as opposed to, well, we're going to make a million dollars in the first three months. Right. Um, anybody that's listening, and this is a one-time opportunity, can go to our website right now and see – your website, uh, Ustreaming, and uh, take right. a look at it, or they can go anytime to www, and I'll let you finish the rest of it. Oh, oh, you're talking about our your, website? Yeah, your website. Okay, Kansas City Auto, A-U-T-O, museum.com. And it is a very nice website, very informative, and... In, uh, we're going to take a break here in about 30 seconds, and we'll come back with Earl. But when we come back, I want to talk about uh, where you've gotten your collection of automobiles, what you've got, what you're looking for, um, and just sort of walk through the museum. And it is uh, the exterior of the museum is absolutely gorgeous uh, from what Thank I've you. seen of the website. You all have done just a, a fantastic job. So with that being said, we're going to take our first quick break. We'll be back right after this with Earl Trout from the Kansas City Automobile Museum. We'll be right back. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. We uh, enjoy the classic car show and hope that uh, you all enjoy it half as much as we do. We have Earl Trout on from the Kansas City Auto Museum in Kansas City, Kansas. And it is a delight if you uh, get a chance. It's open, opened uh, May the 9th. It's wide open, ready for business. Uh, how early can someone get there and when do you kick them out, Earl? Uh, we are open uh, seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, if, if, we, if we enjoy talking old cars with them, we won't kick them out. We'll just keep talking. Just keep talking. Okay, you were telling me something uh, right or during the break that uh, I'd like to expand on, if you don't mind. Oh, about the uh, National Association of Automobile Museums? Right. Uh, how can, how can an 
Operation Win, and, Win Awards before they're even uh, even there. Well, that's the, there's another couple of good stories. I think uh, one of the first things the, that the uh, the board did uh, was join the National Association of Automobile Museums, which uh, we found out quickly it's just just a wonderful, helpful association. I, I could pick up the phone. And, and call the boss at any major museum in the country. They would answer. They would answer our questions. They would give us guidance. I mean, they were just wonderful people, wonderful group, and 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 very very helpful. We're grateful for that. But they have a uh, a conference or a convention every year in a different city at a different museum, and uh, they have what they call the NAMI Award, which is N A A M Y for National Association of Automobile Museums. And the awards are in different categories. And uh, even though we did not exist yet, except on paper and in our minds and with public events we were doing to draw uh, attention to our, our goal, we were doing events like uh, the, the Art of the Chopper at Union Station in downtown Kansas City or the... Uh, the good guys uh, display at Kansas Speedway. Uh, we had events going constantly all year round. We didn't have a museum, but we had events, and we were getting mailing lists and uh, volunteers for the day when we would actually exist. Well, we learned about the uh, NAMIs, and so we decided we were going to enter the competition. And we put together an entry packet that included photos and uh, video of us being interviewed on TV locally and radio interviews and newspaper articles all about our first event, which was at Union Station in uh, September of 2011. It was a big success. We got uh, about 55 cars from as far away as 200 miles that came to be on display and help us promote our idea to have a museum. We put that into uh, NAM's uh, format, submitted it, and, and we were in the, 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 the smaller of two categories. One category is a museum with a, a publicity, marketing, a promotional budget of over 300000 a year. The other category was a museum with a budget under 300000 a year. Our budget was $1.98. <laughs> <laughs> All volunteer, uh, any expenditures were out of pocket, and uh, we won first place in our division. And uh, that was like, wow. Well, second year, 2012, we had another event that we thought was pretty impressive, and that was uh, at the, the big convention center in downtown Kansas City called Bartle Hall, and they have the uh, uh, a lot of automotive-related events there. And we did, uh, in our booth, we did a celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Model T being built in Kansas City and uh, had Kansas City Ford executives there to cut a birthday cake. Well, we turned that into an application for the NAM uh, competition, and we won first place again. And our budget that one was about $79, and, and we won. Anyway, th this continued, uh, and eventually it became obvious that after winning four awards, a couple from NAMI and a couple of other things we entered, we became the most award-winning auto museum in the world that did not exist. So that was kind of fun. But you were transparent. 
we were transferred. Yep. Okay, so so we've got it uh, we've got it laid out, and we know that uh, we've got a date set that we're going to start building. We're going to start construction. How do you figure out what you're going to put in it? Well, the uh, the goal all along was we knew we weren't we suspected we weren't going to have the money to uh, to buy cars. We didn't have the the capability to to restore a car, but we also knew that in the Kansas City market. Uh, best guess is there are over 10,000 collectible cars squirreled away in private collections in barns and garages and all over the Kansas City area in the suburbs. And many, most of these cars never see the light of the day, and the public never sees them. They're just in somebody's uh, basement. So we thought, I bet if we get this going, we could get those private collectors to loan us their cars. And that's the word we put out on the street, and it has worked. We have uh, a waiting list for people to put their cars on display. Our museum will have a rotating display of vehicles, so you can come back three or four times a year and see a whole different set of cars. And this can go on for years because there is so much collector car activity here in the Kansas City area. So we're fortunate because of that, and we're, we're blessed because all of these collectors are, are loaning us. They're sometimes one-of-a-kind and irreplaceable and priceless vehicles. We love it. Well, now, is it going to stay that way, or do you anticipate at some point uh, ownership of some of the cars? We, we assume that at some point uh, people will be donating cars to us because we are a a 501c not-for-profit charitable corporation, so it is would be a tax-deductible donation. But uh, for the foreseeable future, we don't expect to own them. Uh, we expect to just keep rotating through what's already on, on hand here. Now, last week we had uh, uh, DeVoe Moore on from the Tallahassee Automobile Museum, and their museum has expanded into other items besides just automobiles. Do you anticipate staying strictly with with automobiles or, or feel like you all might branch out as you expand and, and get a larger facility into uh, other areas? Uh, good question, and the answer is uh, I think yes. But let me explain a little further. We are not just an automobile museum. Uh, we expect to have... Uh, motorcycles and perhaps other automotive-related uh, items in there, historical automotive and uh, memorabilia, and uh, underscore the fact that we are a history museum. We're not just a bunch of old cars. We have, from the very beginning, uh, decided we're going to share the rich, very rich automotive history of Kansas City. Matter of fact, let me, let me find it here because I don't have it memorized. Uh, well, maybe I don't have it. Okay. Our, our, our mission statement basically says that our mission is to share the rich automotive history of Kansas City. We, we have the, uh, the, the, the first Ford plant outside of Detroit was here. Henry decided to build here, and that changed Kansas City from a cow town to a car town. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of uh, retired and former automotive workers in one way or another here in this city, and, and they're embracing what we're doing. We are an automotive history museum, but we also have uh, 
collectible cars on display. You could spend a couple of hours just walking around uh, reading the history boards we have mounted on the wall. It's quite quite interesting. You know, I can't say that, uh, and I consider myself something of a, of a history buff, but I really didn't uh, know Kansas City. I, I took it more for agriculture and, and cows, just like you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we are the only, I'm sorry to interrupt, David, but no. I may forget this if I don't get, let it escape. We are the only city in the world with a General Motors plant, a Ford plant, and a Harley-Davidson plant. That's remarkable. It is. It is. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I don't know what I think of Kansas City when I when I think of it particularly, but it was never uh, automotive. Um, so sure. I, how is the industry doing now in, in Kansas City? Oh, it's doing great. Yeah, we're very, very healthy. That, yeah, all that the plants is... are roaring along. Okay, so... Uh, that that will obviously help propel the museum. Can can't help but but uh, bring yep. you uh, bring you patrons and uh, people going in. How uh, what else are you all doing to spread the word that uh, you're there? Well, actually, today uh, we are uh, having an all day event at the museum. Uh, they're probably setting up for it right now. It's uh, in conjunction with the. Uh, Oh, I don't want to get their name wrong, but I probably will. The uh, the Mustang Club of Kansas City. We are celebrating today, the seventeenth, the fifty year and one month birthday of the introduction of the Mustang. We were going to do it last month when it was the actual date on the seventeenth, but all the Mustangs were out of town, going to conventions and other events all over the country. So. We got together and said, let's do it, the 50-year-and-one-month birthday party. We're going to have a birthday cake. We're going to have, uh, you know, hot dogs and beer, and it's going to be a party all day long with a whole bunch of Mustangs parked all over the neighborhood. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to call my pilot to warm up the Lear, and, uh, you know, I'd love to be there. I, it, it, but you're wrong. It, it, there's no way it could have been 50 years because I had one of the first uh, – Mustangs in Lubbock, Texas, and and I'm I just couldn't be that old. Well, I had one of the first in Blythe, California, so we're we're even on that. You know, fifty years that 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 would yeah. make you and you and myself. Uh, well, we're we can just remember them anyway. And yeah. and the fact that the horse is going the wrong direction. <laughs> Indeed. That, so, and, what uh, other what other cars are on exhibit right now? What, what if I walk, if I walk in the museum? What's going to make me drop my jaw? Probably the first thing you see a 1909 Stanley Steamer uh, touring car, which is just gorgeous, mm-hmm. and, and from a private collection here in town. Uh, and by the way, how we got that car is last uh, middle of January, I think December. I don't remember. I was asked to do an after dinner presentation about what we're trying to accomplish at the uh, Horseless Carriage Club of Kansas City. I probably don't have their name exactly right. Uh, and I went through uh, what we're all about, and lo and behold, we were offered a uh, Stanley Steamer to put on display when we opened. And here we are. We have the Stanley Steamer. We also have uh, what we go from the 1909 Stanley Steamer to the most recent car we have on display is, I believe, a... Uh, Callaway Corvette, and I'm, I'm not. I'm more into the older cars, but I believe this one has uh, twin turbos on it, 
uh, and it's quite spectacular. In between, wow. we have a 1932 Cadillac V16 Roadster, we have a 1957 uh, Chrysler 300C, uh, oh, and our special display this month in our drive-in theater area is a collection of, I believe it's seven uh, Camaro Indy Pace cars, and that's quite spectacular. Oh, so wow. Yeah. We, we, we cover all eras. Well, I tell you what, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking to Earl Trout, Executive Director of the Kansas City Auto Museum, and we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to America's Web Radio, your voice in the matter. And uh, your voice does matter on America's Web Radio, and the voice that we that matters today is Earl Trout, Executive Director of Kansas City Automotive Museum, Incorporated, a 501c3, and we are delighted to have him on. Uh, they uh, a couple of weeks ago we would have had him on uh, prior to their opening. Now we've got him on just after their opening, and it's incredible. As we were talking, Earl, um, you had mentioned the fact that, that the cars are on loan and uh, that you're, you're blessed to have such a, a number of folks in Kansas City that have uh, antique cars and are willing to uh, bring them over. I, but it, my curiosity is killing me. Okay, so we got the Stanley Steamer or we've got one of the other cars. One, I assume the owner brings them over, and then two... Who takes care of them while they're on your property? Uh, if there, if if an oil leak happens, uh, or if if something uh, were to, uh, not bad, but just saying, you know, a car sitting there, things can happen. Do you go back to the owner and say we need your help uh, doing this or doing that? Uh, 
most likely, yes. We we of course have uh, uh, have a uh, like a drop cloth uh, underneath each vehicle. We've got uh, drip pans, and uh, if, if, and we dust them off every day and keep them looking good and keep the public from uh, you know touching them. But if something goes wrong, I, I think that would be tough for to do because we're not running them. They're not fired up. They're just sitting there. But if something goes wrong, uh, the, the owner will come in and uh, we'll, we'll take care of it. But we, we don't have a, a staff uh, that can do repairs or anything. They're just a bunch of history car buffs. Right. How many uh, cars do you have on display now? At this we point? have 30 right now. This is, as I mentioned, this is our interim museum. We don't have a lot of room. So there's, there will generally be 30 to 33, 35 cars and, and motorcycles on display. And, and uh, right now we have 30. As you're talking about being in the interim museum, uh, will you expand on the location you're at, or will you move to a different location? Uh, most likely we will move. We envision a 60,000-square-foot facility, two stories. already have the... Uh, uh, concept renderings done for that, and uh, we've identified two locations that would appear to be, appear to be uh, the two best places for uh, an auto museum uh, based on tourism and population, and those are, of course, it won't mean much to people who aren't in the Kansas City area, but downtown Kansas City, where other museums are, the World War One Museum, Union Station, Crown Center, uh, and the other location would be northwest of the city at the Kansas Speedway, which is in a uh, uh, kind of a commercial village called Legends. And we've already been offered property out there. And uh, that appears to be, at this point, the likely location just because of the offers that have already made, been made for us to, to establish our permanent museum in that location. And as you can imagine, race weekends when there's a hundred thousand people in town, that's got to be got to be good for business. Well, sure, sure. So, uh, do you have uh, at the museum you're in now? Do you have a gift shop? And uh, tell us, you know, yeah. give us a brief uh, verbal tour. Yeah, we we absolutely do have a gift shop. It's uh, not large, but it is very nice. It's lovely. And uh, matter of fact, I bought uh, the first coffee mug that was sold in our gift shop. I wanted to be the first, <laughs> and uh, I, I love it. It's black, and the inside of the mug is a shiny, deep yellow, and on the black exterior is a picture of a, I believe it's a 78, I may be wrong on my year here, uh, Dodge Challenger, and, and this in a matching color of yellow with black stripes, so it's quite striking. So, typical gift shop in an auto museum, we've got uh, logoed items, t-shirts, and coffee mugs in different sizes and shapes and shot glasses and a lot of die-cast cars. And uh, I find this kind of fun, as other people seem to. We have two well-known automotive artists in uh, Kansas City who sell their their art worldwide, and uh, both of them have their art uh, in our museum for display. In fact, the first thing that was sold after, the first thing sold to the public was one of those uh, uh, limited edition art prints. So that's kind of nice to walk in and see this 
this great art from automotive art from local artists. Now, I, I can't get on it right now particularly, but on your website, uh, do you have a store on it as well? Not yet. Uh, we will. Uh, absolutely. Just haven't had time. Took us. Uh, it, it was, uh, i got to tell you, exhausting. A couple of months of 75, 80-hour weeks for a lot of people just to get the doors open. And even when we opened, the contractor, the general, had not quite finished it. They're still touching up paint and uh, putting uh, covers on switch plates and that sort of thing. So we, we have not had time to deal with uh, online product sales, but we will certainly get there. And I come to uh, Kansas City. I want to go to the museum. Uh, you'd said you're open from 10 to 5. Uh, I'm 110 years old. Do I get in free, or what, what kind of admission do we have? If you're 110 years old, I'll let you in free, and I'll give you a personal tour. And push? <laughs> uh, prices are, uh, general admission is $11. Seniors and military is 9 and then it goes down from there for uh, uh, grade school kids and, uh, oh, I don't know what the other categories are. If you're a member, because we sell memberships, we have car club memberships, uh, we have groups. If you want to do a family tour, uh, you get a discount for a group of 10 or more. So there's a, there's a whole list of uh, different options in, in the pricing for admission. And if you if you put a car on display, we'll let you in free. Well, that that's that's nice. That's a nice touch. <laughs> let me let me ask. Uh, as I started the show, and and we get we come back to it frequently, or, or talking about it anyway. Um, what kind of relationship? And I, I I'm not. I've been to Kansas City, but only on business in and out and so forth. What kind of relationship do you have with either the local or the multiple school systems? And will you be doing tours for schools? Uh, will they be coming out? And and um, if so, will it only be the elementary schools, or will it be the middle and, and high schools as well? Uh, great, great question. Thank you, David. Uh, we are at. As we speak, uh, curricula are being developed for different age levels. Uh, we have uh, a person uh, at this point, a volunteer, who is uh, has an educational background and also loves automotive history, and he is developing uh, a tour package for everything from first graders up through uh, college, and it'll be age-appropriate and it'll be educational. So it's not just walk around and go, ooh, it's walk around and go, ooh, and then learn something. And that's that's all underway. So we are, even as we speak, we are approaching local school districts and uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and lining up uh, tours and overnight campouts to earn merit badges, that sort of thing. So we'll be very busy in that realm uh, starting in the fall. And I also, on your website, it shows uh, that the facility can be used for events. When's the first wedding coming up? <laughs> Don't have a wedding yet, but we booked uh, uh, our first Christmas party at the uh, museum, uh, wow, about uh, about a month ago, a month before we even formally opened. We have a lot of events coming up. Uh, our general contractor 
is having his birthday party there. He's already booked it. Uh, we have car clubs who are wanting to have special events. Uh, we got a Christmas banquet. We, as I mentioned, we have uh, awards banquet where we've got uh, some. I forget the name of the group has uh, booked our conference room. So we we have a lot of different areas in the museum and different ways that people can uh, can hold their event there. Everywhere from a, a sit down dinner, we'll move cars around, take some cars out of the the drive-in movie theater wing, which is the, the, the biggest room in the museum, and have a sit-down dinner. Uh, the drive-in screen and the drive-in movie theater can actually be used to run slideshows or movies. Uh, we have a small area where we call the pub, which is great for an intimate setting of maybe uh, 20, 25 people to sit and talk or have a small ceremony. And if there's a group with a need for two or three hundred people to come in, well, we can have uh, little little tall, skinny tables set up all over, and people can have their champagne and talk in small groups with the PA system making announcements if, that works, if that's what they want. We'll, we'll, we'll configure it to meet the needs to the best of our ability. Now, with that being said, that, that takes people. Is that all volunteer, or do you have staff? Uh, now that can can take care of that type of thing we, we have a uh, a large volunteer base and a small uh, paid staff uh, we have about three and a half people on the staff three full-time one that's uh, part-time uh, who get paid we all get paid weekly very weekly <laughs> is that <laughs> w-e-a-k is that what you're uh, insinuating uh, uh, never mind and, uh, <laughs> Uh, but we have uh, docent volunteers who can help us out for events. And when there's an event, we build in a, uh, uh, a pay day for all the volunteers who are, in some cases, spending many, many hours there just hanging out in the museum to help out. But when we have a special event, getting, some, uh, getting a little spiff for the volunteers is part of the package. That that's fantastic. How do you have a uh, coordinator of events, or how does someone contact you? And I would assume, and and this is a ter- terrible thing to make assumptions, but if I'm coming there to do a a uh, convention or an expo in Kansas City and want to rent out uh, your facility for a night, uh, how how do we do that? Well. Uh, the easiest and best way is probably to uh, uh, check out our website and uh, look for the contact information. The uh, the person we have who is, uh, I, I guess I'm calling him part-time because he's, he's working uh, about half a week, I guess. Uh, he is the, uh, for want of a better term, the food and beverage and catering manager. And he is the one who books the events and uh, makes all the arrangements. And his name is Jim Fisher, and he is listed on the website, I think, as a food and beverage director or perhaps catering manager. And you can go to the website, get his phone number, his email address, and and uh, he'll take good care of you. He's a great guy. He does a great job. Every... Every uh, Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with that question, and uh, we'll talk about wish lists and all this kind of thing. 
We're talking to uh, Earl Trout. He's the executive director of the Kansas City Automotive Museum in Kansas City, and we are delighted to have him on. Uh, We may not be his first interview, but they've only been open a couple of weeks, so we can't be too far down the list, and we're delighted to have you, Earl, and uh, appreciate you. you taking the time to talk to us today. We'll be back right after this. When gardening is part of your life, it brings so much. Healthy eating, the freshest, most local produce, and playing in the dirt. At BonniePlants.com, you'll find all you need to succeed. When you grow Bonnie veggie and herb plants in beds or containers, you'll know where your food comes from. Homegrown veggies and herbs ready for cooking, eating, and enjoying. And you did it. So get growing with Bonnie Plants. Hi, this is Kate Copsey inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate you listening today to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We've got Earl Trout, Executive Director at Kansas City Automotive Museum. Their website is KansasCityAutoMuseum.com, and I suggest highly that you go there. And if you're planning any trips in the Kansas City area... I guess you'd even take folks that dripped over from Kansas City, Missouri. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you won't distinguish or, or keep them out or anything? No, we're all one big family. Okay, let's. Uh, we've got about uh, 13 minutes to go, and we've talked about that this is the interim museum. This is the, uh, this is the starting point and the plans that you've got going. What what else is on your wish list? And, you know, besides, uh, and I'd like to keep it focused sort of on cars. Uh, people will offer you cars. Do you, do you um, a couple of things, do you have a standard? And I assume that you do. It has to be restored. It has to be this or it has to be that. And then what's on your wish list of, of what you would like to put in the front window? Oh, okay. Uh, for for sake of simple answer, uh, everything you said is true, uh, and the the quality of the restoration or, or or an original car versus whether or not it has a Kansas City history or heritage or tie-in is our our balancing scale. Uh, if the car is not pristine and extremely rare and worth zillions of dollars, but it was manufactured in Kansas City, then that gives it an edge on another car that maybe uh, is equally pristine. Because, as I mentioned earlier, we are an automotive history museum for Kansas City, and we have a lot of cars on display that have some direct connection to Kansas City. They were built here. They were raced here. The owner was a race car driver who was born here. Uh, we try to make it a history museum as well as an automobile museum. As far as what kind of cars, 
we are uh, absolutely into every era from from the earliest from the brass era through uh, art deco through uh, world war ii korean war right up to uh 15 20 years ago and maybe even newer if it's uh, we have no problem with an exotic display and and we will no doubt have that each month is a a theme month so to speak this month it's being uh, camaro indianapolis pace cars uh next month i believe we're going to have race cars actual race cars in and uh there's a very well-known nascar uh top level driver that has a kansas city connection and he is probably going to be here i can't say his name yet because uh it's not set but it looks like he's going to be here put in a personal appearance maybe have a uh, a dinner uh, for the public and uh, bring one of his early cars. Uh, every month will be a different theme with, oh, half a dozen cars that are on display for that theme just for that month. And we try or will try to keep a balance of cars going back to the turn of a century ago to something that's as, as recent as a new Ferrari. It's just a place for uh, automobile lovers to come and who and all. Let me ask, you, you've mentioned and said this several times, History Museum, which mm-hmm. would which would indicate that uh, you have to have either one or a group uh, that works together as historians. Do you, um, when, when someone calls and says, I've got a whatever, uh, do you expect the owner to give you the history, or do you have historians, folks that you can call on, or folks that have volunteered their time that will go out, and if you decide to put that uh, car on display, who writes up the history on it? Uh, good question, and I hope I have a good answer. First of all, the, the owner usually has some pretty good knowledge of the uh, the car and its engineering and styling and where and when and why and how it was made, but that's usually not enough for us to, uh, A, take it at his or her word that that is the fact, and two, put it on display in a, uh, in a historical reader board that gives somebody who's really wanting to know the history what they need to, to, to read. So we do have uh, a historical director on our board of directors. He is one of the paid staff members, and he just uh, relishes spending uh, 18 hours a day researching a particular vehicle or aspect of uh, automotive history, and he will go through multiple, multiple sources to get down to the actual facts that we can post to the public and say, this is it. This is the real deal. Don't don't read what you just saw there on the website. We know what the what what the the answers are, and he does that. And then I'm a graphic artist, designer, and writer. And uh, we have another member of our staff, Vrenny Fernandez, who is the uh, marketing director. She's also a graphic designer. So we do that all in house. We've got the history covered, and then we've got the display covered in-house, which is one reason we can turn out, uh, we think, quality work without having to have a budget of a million dollars to get that done. You know, that that's super. I would assume, and again, I hate to use that word, let me, let me back up. In your wish list uh, 
from what you've said, you've, you've got history boards by the, or display boards by the uh, exhibits and so forth. When you move into your, your new facility uh, in a couple of years or however long it's going to be, do you anticipate uh, going to audio with each display? Uh, probably not each display, but we expect to have audio and, and video both. Uh, we'll have, uh, for example, if I may, uh, one of the uh, historic exhibits we expect to have uh, revolves around the Kansas City Flash. And most people, even in Kansas City, never heard of Maston Gregory. Kansas City, born and raised, uh, got his first uh, taste of the thrill of racing automobiles when he was in high school and set up drag races on the streets and uh, had his car impounded a few times. But <laughs> he ended up being uh, the first American to ever race in international Formula One around the world and the first American to get a podium finish. He did that at the Monaco Grand Prix, and he won the 24 Hours of Le Mans in uh, 1965. Uh, he is just an amazing historical figure, not only in Kansas City, but in the world of motorsports. And most people in this town and around the country never heard of Maston Gregory. We will have a large display devoted to Maston Gregory. Uh, about a week ago, I got a call out of the blue from an, uh, an artist in... Uh, where was he? Fresno, California, I believe, who was uh, a car guy and was on our website. And he said, wow, now I understand that body shell I have hanging from the ceiling in my studio. And I'm going, what? <laughs> well, he, he found, he's a car guy, and he found uh, in some place in Florida, I believe, a shell of an Indy race car from 1965, and it had the name... Maston Gregory under the cockpit. Oh, how and cool. It doesn't have the running gear, it's just the actual body that Maston drove in Indianapolis in 1965. He was famous because he started like in the last row and 30 minutes into the race he was among the top five and looked like he was going to win before he had mechanical difficulties. But it was uh, one of the milestones in his career. They, that artist has now offered to donate that that car to us so we can hang it from the ceiling in the master and gregory room then, and uh, that that kind of stuff keeps happening to us we're we're just delighted that people are seeking us out and offering us memorabilia that uh, is a good fit that is a, a fantastic story um how how you know you said you have the the drawings you're you're if you were to project are, are you three years away five years away from the new uh, location? Ho hopefully not more than three, hopefully two. So I would say two to three years. And it, it, I think it's going to be spectacular. I wish, wish I could show you the, uh, the renderings. The building is going to look like a giant tire. We, we wanted uh, architecture that is going to be uh, iconic, uh, instantly recognizable as what its purpose is, and become a landmark in Kansas City. So we settled on a two-story tall uh, giant tire with a uh, 1950s hot rod moon disc <laughs> hubcap, and the the entryway is a brass Model T grill with, instead of the grill, a uh, waterfall. Oh, and cool. uh, the, the moon disc hubcap on top is actually 
like mirrored sunglasses that actually covers up the reception area where people will be able to have their wedding reception or their banquet and uh, look up to the stars and down to the cars, as we say, because you'll look down to the cars all around you on the floor below. So it's going to be a spectacular building, and we, as I say, we hope to have that in place in two to three years. Did anyone not have a set of baby moons at some point? <laughs> Indeed. We, yep. we all had to have them on our cars back. And this Absolutely. is, you know, Earl, this you mentioning that, this is what this show is about. It, it, it's... Uh, and we've been doing it for a long time now, but it, it's, it's, yeah. uh, brings back memories as well as uh, hopefully incentivizing folks to take their kids and, and teach them something. We talk about uh, uh, gapping spark plugs, uh, which, what's a spark plug? Uh, <laughs> you know, we talk about timing lights. I used to love that. We uh, talk about, you know, going home and tuning up your three deuces or whatever, getting ready for... Uh, a little drag racing on the streets on Friday yep. nights, uh, but this is this it's is our heritage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got about forty-five seconds. You want to leave us with a couple of uh, final messages? Well, yeah. Uh, if if you like history, if you talking to your audience, not you, I know you do. If you like history, if you got a thing for uh, automobiles and motorcycles, then. Uh, Book a trip to Kansas City because I think you'll love it. And uh, we would love to hear from anybody who has uh, memorabilia, especially connected with Kansas City, to give us a call, see if there's a way we can acquire it, and if you would donate it, let us put it on display. And we, of course, give recognition to all donors within the museum in perpetuity. We'll make you famous. Earl, it has been a delight. As always, you know how well a show has gone with how rapidly it's gone, and this one, for me, has uh, moved very rapidly. And I, well, I do appreciate you, you uh, coming on. And I, will you keep us posted on the activities in, within the museum and how it's uh, coming along with the tires? I was just thinking you should be able to get uh, somebody, one of the big tire companies, to... Uh, to make a heck of a donation if you have their brand on the tires on the building. Hey, you know, what a great idea. <laughs> Not that somebody would do that, but... Uh, well, you never you can. Know, you never know. And, uh, again, we thank you and keep us keep in touch with us. All right. Thank you, David. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, Enjoyed sir. myself thoroughly. Oh, great. Bye-bye. I'm glad you did. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We'll be back next week with Mr. Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Stay tuned for more on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.